0: Welcome to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 13. I want to thank all my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and any other podcatchers they might be using. In this episode, I'll be discussing the diopter, focus screens, and how to properly clean your DSLR sensor yourself. All of this coming up on episode 13 of the Liam Photography Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Liam Douglas with the Liam Photography Podcast. You're listening to episode 13. So the first thing I want to talk about in this episode is the diopter. Now, I know you guys out there, some of you might know what the diopter is, and others might not be familiar with the diopter. So, as I'm sure most everybody is aware, not all of us are blessed with 2020 vision and some people have to wear glasses or contacts. I personally wear glasses, but only because my right eye, the vision is off just by a tiny amount. It's like 20, 21 or something like that. It's only off by a very little bit. And I shoot with my left eye, so it doesn't really matter. But if you're somebody that wears glasses, not everybody that wears glasses likes to have their glasses on when they're doing their photography. And one of the reasons is the the glasses tend to get in the way when you're trying to look through the viewfinder, whether it's the optical or electronic viewfinder, doesn't really matter. Some people can get around this by using contact lenses instead. But even though contact technology has gotten better over the last couple of decades, uh, they have contacts now for people with astigmatism and stuff like that, some people just can't comfortably wear uh, contacts. They could be allergic to the material they're made from, or it's just not a a comfortable situation for them. I know um, myself personally, I was born with lazy eye in my right eye, so I had to have surgery when I was two and again at four to correct that. And as a result, I never liked anything touching my eyes, so I could never wear contacts. Um, When I was younger, my eyesight was considerably worse than it is now, Uh, contacts were definitely not a route that I could go, so I stuck with glasses. Now, let me get back on track, because I I kind of sidetracked a little bit there, talking about corrective lenses and stuff, but my point is, on every camera, whether it's a mirrorless camera, a DSLR, or even a film camera, for that matter, all cameras, if you look at the back of your camera, where the eyepiece is, and on different manufacturers at different model cameras, it might be on the left side or the right side. You'll notice that there's a little gear, what looks like a tiny gear, on either the left or right side of your viewfinder. And it'll have little hash marks in it, kind of like, uh, you know, the hash marks for uh, grip that quarters have around their edges and dimes and stuff like that. Now, what that dial is, is it's called the diopter. And what that allows you to do is look through your viewfinder and on a a DSLR or mirrorless camera, you know already probably that when you look through the viewfinder and you press your shutter button halfway down, you can see your exposure information in your viewfinder. You'll see your light meter, you know, as far as whether you're underexposed, overexposed right in the middle. You'll see your shutter speed your aperture, your ISO, battery life possibly, and some other things. It depends on how many of the options you have turned on. As you look through your viewfinder and press your shutter button halfway down to activate that digital readout, it may look, especially if you just bought a camera brand new, this is your first time using this new camera or first time using a camera in general, you may notice when you look through the viewfinder with your dominant eye, that the text inside the viewfinder is blurry, and it might be only off by a little bit, or it might be off by a lot. The diopter allows you to compensate for not having perfect 20-20 vision. So, what you do is, is, as you look through the viewfinder, and get the, the the digital readout to come up by pressing the shutter button halfway down now it'll only, if you release the shutter button it'll only stay on for so many seconds and then it might go back out for power saving mode or something like that but anyways as you're looking through the viewfinder slowly turn the diopter wheel with one finger try it each direction and see which way you turn it um as you turn it one direction first and then the other see if the readout text is getting clearer and sharper to your eye. Once you get that adjusted perfectly for your eyesight, then you're good to go and generally you're never going to need to mess with your diopter again. The only time you might next have to uh, tinker with a diopter is the next time you buy a new camera. Generally, every camera, you know, especially if you wear corrected lenses, you're always going to have to set the diopter when you first get a new camera. So, with that, keeping that in mind, again, you can use the diopter to compensate for not having perfect 2020 vision. And if you go over to the Liam Photography Podcast page, liamphotographypodcast.com, in the show notes, I will have a link to a blog article I did on this subject a couple of years ago, on my regular in photography website, and it has screenshots, it has images, and the first one is actually of the diopter on the camera, and you can see for yourself what it looks like. It's actually circled with a little red circle, that little gear that I was talking about with the notches in. Now, it's an extremely small wheel, and the whole reason for that is so you don't accidentally bump it you know, when you're carrying your camera, whatever the case may be, you don't want to accidentally knock that diopter out of adjustment. And the reason why you want to make sure your diopter is perfectly calibrated for your eyesight is because if the diopter's off, then your focus and your images will be off. And a lot of people don't realize this. So, a person will be taking photographs and they get the beep saying that the camera's got focus lock, and then they snap a picture, and then when they look at it on the back of their screen, or later when they get home, and they, they load the photos up on their computer, all of a sudden, all their images are a little bit out of focus. The focus is what we would call soft. And the reason for that is they didn't bother to configure their diopter. They didn't bother to adjust the diopter to their eyesight, and as a result your focus in your images can definitely be off. A little bit softer, they can be way off, it just depends on how far out of whack the diopter is for your eyesight. That's going to make a huge difference and huge impact on whether or not you get a tack sharp focus in your images, or if you end up with slightly blurry focus, slightly off focus, or way out of whack focus. So, keep that in mind. If you've been trying to figure out why you're not getting the perfect sharp focus with a decent lens on your camera, it's probably that your diopter is out of whack. Now, it could also be that the lens you're using might need to be recalibrated. That's a possibility as well. And, if that's the case, you're probably better off sending the lens to the manufacturer and having them calibrate it and send it back to you. Um, Not all lenses are easy to calibrate yourself. Some of them you can, um, actually using uh, the menu in the camera itself. You can have it do micro-adjustments for the autofocus. And, some lenses, like the Sigma and the Tamron's, you can actually get a USB dock for their lenses, their higher-quality lenses, and you would actually put the lens in that dock, it's USB powered, and then that dock will calibrate the lens for you. And it can also do firmware updates for the lens as the manufacturer releases new versions of firmware to make improvements to the lens. You'll be able to also do updates uh, for the lens firmware. Okay, so in segment two of this episode, I wanna talk about the second item and that's your DSLR's focus screen. Now I said DSLR, and the reason why I did is because this subject doesn't apply if you're somebody that only owns mirrorless cameras because you have an electronic viewfinder. So the focus screen is a piece of etched glass inside DSLR cameras, and the only way you're gonna see um, the focus screen is as you're looking through the optical viewfinder that's what is part of the optical viewfinder in other words the light comes in the image comes in through the lens it gets bounced up through the prism, off the mirror all that good stuff through the focus screen up to your eye now you may have noticed over time with your dslr you look through your viewfinder and you're seeing dirt or little microfiber strings or something else of that matter. And you know that the dirt that you're seeing is not on your sensor because it doesn't show up in your images. When that happens, your focus screen has gotten dirty. And the focus screen can get dirty just like the sensor can get dirty. Unfortunately, being that the focus screen is a piece of etched glass, it's not possible to clean it. So, you either have to live with looking at those dirt specs every time you look through your viewfinder, or you can go on Amazon, or you can go to your camera manufacturer's website, whether it's Canon, Nikon, Sony, whoever, and you can order replacement focus screens for your DSLR, and you can change them out yourself fairly easily. And if you go to the show notes for this episode, I'll also have a link to an article I did on the focus screens where you find them in your DSLR and how you can change them. It's not really hard. If you're somebody that you're not comfortable doing your own repairs on electronic items, especially an expensive camera, then by all means, take it to a local camera shop or send it into the manufacturer's um, repair center that's closest to where you live, and they will do it for you. Now, if you're a professional services customer like I am, I have a Canon CPS Gold membership. Um, In January, Canon and a lot of the other manufacturers uh, were actually here in Atlanta for PPA's Imaging USA 2019. Imaging USA is an annual photography convention that's put on by Professional Photographers of America, and they're headquartered here in Atlanta as well. But when you go to something like the Imaging USA or the, I can't remember the name of it, but I know there's a convention for professional wedding photographers and there's different photography conventions that happen throughout the course of each year in different cities, states, countries, and so on. And at most all of these conventions, your major camera manufacturers are going to be on hand and they will generally always have a separate area at the convention for their professional services customers, Canon CPS, Nikon Professional Services, Sony, whatever, you know, whichever one you have, whichever one you're a member of. And if you go to the uh, CPS lounge, like I did at Imaging USA, you can go there as a CPS member and you can drop off your camera and have it professionally cleaned by Canon's professional technicians. They will clean and service your camera free of charge you're generally allowed to send in your camera body for a free sensor cleaning. I think it's once or twice a year. However, one of the nice things, if you happen to go to any of the photography conventions, is if you get it cleaned there by the professional services folks, that doesn't count towards your annual cleanings. So, in other words, as a CPS Gold member. if I'm allowed to get uh, two sensor cleanings each calendar year, and I haven't used any yet for this year, which I haven't, um, but I did go to imaging in January of this year, and I had my camera cleaned and serviced while I was at imaging, that sensor cleaning, as well as getting my focus screen replaced, because mine was a bit dirty and I'm OCD, so I can't stand having, having anything in my line of sight when I look through the viewfinder. I want clear glass on my DSLRs when I look through the viewfinder. So, I took my 6D Mark II to the CPS lounge while I was at Imaging USA, dropped it off. They not only cleaned the sensor for me and did routine maintenance on the camera, but then they also replaced the focus screen for me free of charge. Now, if you had to go on even Amazon and buy your focus screen or replacement one, they'll usually run somewhere between 20 and 40 or $50, depending on the camera model, you know, the manufacturer and a few other things. So they can vary a little bit in price, but they're generally not too bad. And like I said, you can change them yourself. It's not super hard. The new uh, focus screen actually comes with a special tool that you can use to carefully lift the old one out of your camera and set the, the new one back in place. Generally, what it is, is if you look through the front of your camera where your lens normally attaches up inside towards the top of the camera, when you look through that opening, there'll be a little metal flip latch. It's usually spring loaded, um, like so you kind of press and release and a little thin metal frame will drop down and the focus screen will be inside that frame. Then all you do is you lift out the dirty focus screen, set it aside, throw it away, whatever you want to do. Use the special tool to carefully pick up the new focus screen. You don't want to touch it with your fingers because the oil on your skin will mess up the etched glass. And then you just destroyed a brand new focus screen before you even got a chance to put it in your camera. So instead, you pick it up by the little tab on the bottom of the focus screen. It has a tab uh, that's part of the glass In the center, you pick it up with a special, specially made tweezer, plastic tweezer. You set it in the frame, and then you just push the frame back up into place until it clicks. That's all there is to it. And once you put in a new focus screen, and then put your lens back on and and bring the camera up to your eye, look through the viewfinder, you'll see that now, all of a sudden, you don't have any dirt, micro strings, or whatever you want to call them are no longer showing up in your field of view when you look through your viewfinder. So that's definitely another maintenance item you can do yourself on your DSLR. Fairly inexpensive to replace and fairly easy to do yourself. It only takes a couple of minutes. You just want to make sure that anytime you're working on your DSLR and you've got your lens off it, there's no protection for the sensor. The sensor is going to be potentially exposed to dust and dirt. And generally, I always tell everybody, because it's a rule of thumb, when you don't have a a camera lens, or when you don't have a lens mounted on your camera, you never want to have that opening pointed upwards. Because it's going to be easy for dirt and dust to fall down inside there, get on your sensor, your focus screen, get everything all dirty and grungy. Yes, if it's um, loose dirt and dust, pollen whatever the case may be you can most of the time get it out with a rocket blower by flipping the camera so that the hole is facing down and then holding the rocket blower below the opening and gently blowing up into it with the rocket blower don't blow in with your breath you're going to cause more problems you'll get moisture from your breath in there muck up your sensor muck up your focus screen whatever else you're going to cause all kinds of problems so make sure you always use a rocket blower You can get those on amazon and a lot of other places they're fairly inexpensive if you get the small one i think they're only like four or five bucks and the larger size one which is what i have i think is eight or ten bucks something like that so they're not super super expensive but that allows you to clean out your camera anytime you get dirt dust pollen anything like that inside hopefully it doesn't stick to your sensor but a lot of times it will And you'll know if you have dirt on your sensor because you'll start seeing spots in your images, like a little, it'll be like a little shadow, a circular shape, shadow, light light colored dark spot in different areas of your images. You might only have one spot, you might have multiple spots. It's all gonna depend on how much dirt got under your sensor. And that leads to segment three okay so now i'm going to talk about how you can clean your dslr sensor yourself you can also do this with mirrorless cameras but you want to be careful because some mirrorless cameras or the sensors a little more sensitive than others and you could possibly damage your sensor so this isn't for the faint of heart if it's not something you want to attempt yourself that's perfectly fine take your camera to a local camera shop send it into your manufacturers nearest repair center and have them do the cleaning for you, but it is fairly early or easy to clean your camera's sensor yourself, and there's a great newer way to do it. The old way to do it was you go on someplace like Amazon or some photography equipment or accessory sites, and you would buy these little cleaning tools that kind of look like a microscopic squeegee, I know that's not accurate, but it's kind of what they kind of look like. And what you would do is you would use that to gently brush across your sensor. You get the brush, you would order these components for your actual camera, whether it's a full frame or a crop body or micro four thirds or whatever, you know, because these tools came in different widths. You wanted to make sure you got one that was the right width for your sensor. So that way you could do a cleaning in a single pass, You know, from starting from left to right going across your sensor. And you wouldn't have to make multiple passes. You could do it all nice and neat in one pass. Well, that's the old way of cleaning your sensor. The new, more modern way to clean your sensor is a product called Sensor Gel Stick. Sensor Gel Stick is a fantastic item for cleaning your sensor on your DSLR or mirrorless camera yourself in the comforter of your own home or your little studio at your house or whatever you may have. And it saves you the hassle of taking your camera to a local camera shop or shipping it to your manufacturer's nearest repair center and waiting a few days or a week or whatever the case may be to get your sensor cleaned and then sent back to you. And then, of course, you got to pay for it. And that cost can vary. Some uh, camera shops charge as little as $25 to clean the sensor. Some charge as much as $45 or $50. Now, the sensor gel stick is an item that is a one-time cost of right about $55. It's $54.99. And the nice thing about it is you're thinking, well, you know, $55, that sounds like quite a bit. Well, not really, because the sensor gel stick is an item that you're going to buy one time and you won't need to buy one again for several years, possibly longer. The nice thing about the sensor gel stick is it's this cool little tool that you can buy. They're made in Germany. Now, you want to make sure you go to the show notes for this episode. I will have the link to where you can buy the sensor gel stick off a website called Photography Life and you want to buy it there. And there is a warning towards the top of the web page from the show note links that'll let you know, do not buy sensor gel stick from any other place besides this website. And there's a reason for that. And I'm not saying this because I get a kickback. I'm not an affiliate or anything like that. And like I said, there's there's a warning at the top of the web page where you can buy the item. And the reason why. There's a warning, and the reason why I recommend that you go directly to this site to get your Centric Leading Gel Stick, is there are imitation items on Amazon, eBay, and they're cheap Chinese knockoffs. And some of these cheap Chinese knockoffs you can buy for as cheap as $5, but do so at your own peril. And what I mean by that is, those cheap Chinese imitations aren't built to the same standards, the same quality standards as the original legitimate sensor gel stick, which, as I mentioned earlier, is made in Germany, and the folks that make sensor gel stick have actually gotten horror stories from customers that were duped into buying these Chinese knockoffs on Amazon, they figured they saved saving themselves a few bucks, or whatever the case may be, they go to use these cheap Chinese sensor cleaning gel sticks And they end up accidentally ripping the anti-aliasing filter right off their sensor. Which is not good, because then your camera needs a whole new sensor, and that can be expensive. So you want to make sure that you get your sensor cleaning gel stick only from Photography Life website, photographylife.com, and as I mentioned, I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode. And this tool is a marble. So, when you buy one of these, and you'll see the pictures of the product on the website, it comes in a nice little aluminum case that flips open. Inside is the sensor cleaning gel stick, the instruction manual, and some sticky papers. The gel stick itself is a plastic handle, and it has a small square on one end of it that looks blue in color, but that's the plastic tint. It's the plastic cover over the gel stick pad itself, as well as the gel stick is a little bit, it's not a clear gel stick, so. But anyways, what you will do is you'll take your genuine sensor cleaning gel stick, take off the protective plastic container that snaps around the end of it, set that back in the metal box while you're using it so you don't lose track of it, and then what you'll do is you will turn on your DSLR, If you have a DSLR, of course, you're going to have to go into the menu, tell it you want to do a manual sensor cleaning. And when you do that, and you push that option in your menu, you will hear your mirror flip up out of the way. It'll flip up and stay flipped up as long as your camera has power. As long as there's life in the battery, that mirror will stay up. When that mirror locks up, it exposes the sensor, you can then take the sensor cleaning gel stick and you gently press it on your sensor. Now it doesn't do the whole sensor in one shot. So you've got to do it in little steps across left to right, start at the top and then go across the bottom. If you have a full frame sensor, if you've got a crop body sensor, you might be able to do the whole sensor in one full pass from left to right. Um, But it's it's all going to depend on the size of your camera sensor. Micro four-thirds might be a better idea. You might be able to do micro four-thirds in one pass, and maybe not quite the crop body might take one and a half passes. And a full-frame sensor is going to take about two full passes because it's a bigger sensor, of course. But basically, you're going to gently press this slightly sticky pad that's on the end of the sensor cleaning gel stick. You're going to just press and lift, press and lift, and just go a little bit at a time across the sensor, and what'll happen is any dirt and debris that has gotten onto your sensor that's showing up in your images, the sensor cleaning gel stick will carefully lift that debris back off the sensor. When you're all done, before you put the sensor cleaning gel stick back in its little plastic protective uh, suitcase, I guess you want to call it, and put it back in its metal box, you want to take one of the pieces of sticky paper that came with it and just gently press the sensor cleaning gel stick's sticky pad down onto that sticky paper and then lift back off. And you generally only need to do this once. And what will happen is the sticky paper will pick up any debris that's on the sensor cleaning gel stick that was lifted off your sensor. So you're taking the dirt off your sensor onto the gel stick, off the gel stick onto the sticky paper, Then, you put the end of the gel stick back in its little plastic suitcase, snap it shut, put the whole thing back in its aluminum box, close the lid on the box, put it up on a shelf or in a drawer, whatever the case may be, until the next time you need it. Now, this thing is a marvel. It makes it a million times easier to clean dirt and debris off your sensor. It makes it pretty much so anybody can clean their own sensor. And as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Yes, it's $55 to buy the sensor gel stick, but you only need to buy it once every so many years. I mean, depending on how often you need to clean your sensor, you know, one of them could last you 10 years probably or more. So in the long run, it's extremely cost effective because you're not going to need to spend $55 every year for a new sensor cleaning gel stick or every six months and if you're somebody that tends to be a little more forgetful you tend to switch lenses when you're outside shooting and when you probably shouldn't or you do and you don't remember to point the opening of your dslr or mirrorless camera down towards the ground and instead you point it up towards the sky you're going to tend to get dirt on your sensor a lot more frequently than i will and you're going to need to clean your sensor maybe several times a year But the point is, you're still going to be saving money because one $55 charge to be able to clean your sensor yourself as many times a year as you need to is a lot more cost effective than $25 to $50 a pop to have a camera shop clean the sensor for you. So there's a little tip that will not only save you some money, allow you to be a little bit of a DIYer and service your own sensor. Now, like I said, it's not for the pain of heart. If you're not sure it's something you're comfortable doing, I don't recommend you do it yourself. Go ahead and take your camera to a local camera shop or send it to the nearest service center for your manufacturer, whether it's Canon, Nikon, Fuji, Sony, whoever. Just send it to the nearest center. Pay them, you know, 25 or 50 bucks, whatever it is. They'll clean the sensor for you. They'll ship it back to you when it's done. All right, so there we go. Three items today your diopter and how to use it, focus screens and how do you replace them to get a clear viewfinder again in your DSLR's optical viewfinder, and the sensor cleaning gel stick. That's all I have for you today in episode 13 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank you again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and anywhere else you might be listening to us. Be sure to stop by and join the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. You do have to answer a question in order to join the group, but the question you have to answer is the name of the host of the pod, this podcast, which is myself, Liam. That's all you have to do is put in Liam, or you can put Liam Douglas, either one, and you're in. And that's to keep the spammers and bots and all that stuff out. Also, be sure to stop by liamphotographypodcast.com, where you can find the show notes, links, descriptions, all of that good information as well as any screenshots or redirects over to the blog post on liamphotography.net, where you can see actual images that go along with those articles. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this time. I will see you again in episode 14.